welcome to the Growing Hope podcast. Growing Hope is a charity providing free therapy for children and young people with additional needs in partnership with local churches across the UK. Growing Hope aims to grow hope for children, hope for families and hope in Jesus. This podcast provides short and easy to listen to practical tips for parents and carers supporting children and young people with additional needs. It's hosted by Dr. Naomi Graham, children's occupational therapist and founder and CEO of Growing Hope. Hello, I'm Naomi, a children's occupational therapist and the founder and CEO of Growing Hope. I'm really excited to be sharing our first ever podcast episode with you today. This podcast has come about mainly because of the number of parents who I've spoken to who've been finding things tough in this COVID-19 outbreak and lockdown. As Growing Hope, we've been doing our best to support parents through virtual sessions and a virtual parent meetup each Tuesday evening. However, many of the parents I speak to, although they would love to join, have been having massive difficulties with their children's sleep. Sleep is a common difficulty for children with additional needs and I often come across parents in clinic whose children struggle to get to sleep in an evening, will wake several times in the night or will wake very early and not go back to sleep. Some parents and carers find that their children sleep okay and that's great. If that's you, brilliant, you might want to skip this podcast but you may also find that some of the activity ideas and suggestions are helpful for your child's level of calm and ability to get into a deep sleep anyway. If not for your child, some of the activities you may even find helpful for yourselves. It goes without saying that sleep is important. There are lots of research studies and books which talk about how much sleep has an impact on our health. I'm sure you've experienced that firsthand, particularly if your child is having difficulties with sleeping. Lack of sleep can impact our mental capacity and emotions and it can make it harder for us to juggle everything that we need to do in our days. Lack of sleep can impact our children's ability to regulate their emotions, to follow instructions and to contain their behaviour. So why has sleep been increasingly difficult during the COVID-19 outbreak? You may have been experiencing this for yourselves as well as for your children. I want to start by just recognising that it's a really difficult time. Whether we're doing our job as a key worker, sending our children to school or completely self-isolating, at home we've all experienced some kind of loss. We're unable to see all of the friends and family that we care about in person, unable to nip out whenever we feel like it, unable to go about our lives in a way that we normally would have done. Whenever we experience loss, we go through different emotional processes. One helpful model which can help us think about loss is the Kubler-Ross cycle of grief. This talks about how we experience anger, denial, sadness, bargaining and acceptance as part of the process of losing something. We may not experience these in a linear fashion and I don't know about you but I've definitely had days where I've felt that I've been coping well and then also days where I've been unexplainably sad and want to cry at the smallest of things. Feeling these emotions and processing this experience on top of everything else which is going on for us normally and going on in our lives is really challenging. When we're experiencing significant life events it's not uncommon for this to have an impact on our sleep. 
Secondly, I think we're getting out and about, or we are getting out and about much less than we normally would. Without the walks to school, walks to work, running around in the playground, going about our daily activities, we're not getting the amount of movement input that we're used to. Lack of movement in our days can have a significant impact on our sleep. I think this is probably the primary reason that we are seeing such an increase in sleep difficulties for children with additional needs at this time. Over the years, I've worked with several children who've had difficulties with sleep and different strategies have worked for each of them. Before we launch into practical ideas which may help, I just wanted to give a few provisos. Firstly, everyone is an individual. Therefore, a strategy that works for one person in one way may not work for you or may need to look slightly different for you. Secondly, often we need to try strategies more than once before we see them taking effect. In fact, some of the research studies which look at intervention for sleep have carried out interventions consistently for weeks on end and then they've seen a positive impact. The first time we try something, it's novel, it's different, and particularly if your child has autism, a change their routine on what they're doing or what you're doing to support their sleep might at first be unsettling. Once something starts to be routine, we may then start to see its impact. Okay, so we want this podcast to be really practical and today the three tips for sleep are routine, running and relaxing. There are lots of ideas within these three R's, running is actually about movement generally rather than running, but I thought that with three R's it might be easier for you to remember. So the three things you can try, routine, running and relaxing. First, routine. I don't know about you, but I find it really hard to function if I don't have my diary. I'm one of those people who loves to have a paper diary, which I think is great, but it's definitely a problem if you lose it. I lost my diary once and I spent a few weeks apologising for all the things I forgot that I was supposed to be at. If our child has additional needs, we've probably thought about routines a bit more than others but often I find that we forget that children cannot just check their diary their phone or their calendar in the same way that we do unless we give our children information about what is happening and when it's going to happen everything that happens is a surprise to them you may have heard speech and language therapists talk about a total communication approach this means we give our communication in as many ways as possible to help our children understand what we're saying By using objects, pictures or signs, as well as words, we can help our children to understand what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. If your child is particularly struggling with sleep, a first step would be to create a routine which will help them get a good sleep. There are some more ideas of what could be in that routine that I'll mention in a moment. But once you've created this routine, it would be really helpful to write or draw this up in some way. This is something you could do either for your child or with your child. You could take photos of your child doing different aspects of the routine and then print it and stick it in order, in order that you can follow the routine with your child. You could use a symbol maker software or you could just draw pictures. Whatever it is that you do, setting up a routine and giving that information, probably not just verbally but in a visual way as well, may help your child with getting to bed and getting to sleep. 
It may be that your child has things they would particularly like to do before bedtime, like watching out the window or playing with a certain toy or watching something in particular. Putting these into the routine for a limited amount of time and using a stopwatch on your phone, oven or a sand timer to help keep this to a certain amount of time can also be helpful. If a child wants to watch screens as part of their bedtime routine, limiting this and putting it as early as possible within the routine can help. For all of us, any screen that we watch fires a lot of neurons within our brain and that can make our brains quite active. Keeping screen free for at least 30 minutes before bedtime can help us with falling asleep. Another part of the routine that may be that we need an opportunity to get our worries out of our system. One suggestion for some children's researchers is to have a worry time, where children can sit with you and talk through their worries, or write them down or draw them and put them into a worry box. It's a good idea to also do this with a timer, so that it's only for a set amount of time each evening. This can help children to feel less anxious as they fall off to sleep. R number two is running. Running or movement activities, which we call heavy work because they put pressure through our joints, can help us feel more calm and regulated. The more of these activities we do, the more able we will be able to sleep. This is because of one of our senses called proprioception. You may or may not have heard me talk about proprioception before, but it's our sense of body awareness, of where our body is positioned in space. It means that we can move our body and be aware of its position without looking at what it's doing. You can tell me without looking whether your legs are crossed or not, whether you're holding something in your hands. That's because your proprioceptive sense is sending signals from the joints in your body to your brain to tell you where your body is. The important thing to know about proprioception is that it's a regulating sense. Whether you're feeling overly lethargic and sleepy, or whether you're bouncing off the walls and overexcited, proprioception will help you feel what we call just right, at a level where you can focus on what you're trying to do in the moment. There's lots of research which suggests that physical activity helps to improve sleep. This is part of the current problem with the lockdown situation and our children's lack of sleep. So our challenge is to find as many heavy work movement activities which help to activate that proprioceptive sense for our children in the day which will then help them be more regulated at night time and will enable them to fall into a deeper sleep more easily. It's a big challenge when you're stuck in one place but it's not insurmountable. One of the things about sensory processing is that we have to work out the right intensity and frequency of activities to help our children. Sometimes it might take a lot of movement to make a difference. A few years ago, I worked with a family who were really struggling with sleep and found their child often woke in the middle of the night, would be wide awake, jumping around for several hours. And they found that if they did trampoline activities at home and went and ran and climbed in the park twice a day for an hour or more, then their child would sleep through the night. Often, children will need frequent, intense movement activities throughout the day to help them with their sleep. This is one of the reasons why a daily routine as well as a bedtime routine can help. If you put alarms on your phone or movement breaks into your day with your children, you're more likely to be able to help them get the intensity and the frequency of movement that they need. As a start, trying to put in lots of intense movement activities at the beginning of the bedtime routine can be really good. So what activities should you try then? 
It's R for running. Running is brilliant, really making the use of your outdoor time at the moment can help, so doing as much running as possible. Trying to set your children challenges, run and touch something or pick something up or race you somewhere or just hold their hand and run with them. Any kind of climbing and jumping is good. Perhaps you can try and think of some games you can do outside which involve climbing and jumping. If you find a tree stump, see if your child can climb onto it and jump off it at least 10 times before you move on to something else. If you have a trampoline, try and do 10 big bounces where you hold your child's hand to help them jump higher at least three times every day. If you're trying to do things at home, you can have a crash and bang time where you pull the cushions off the sofa jump off the sofa onto the cushions it's lots of fun and it gives you lots of input through your joints you can put animal walks into your routine walking like a crab or a bear with your hands and feet on the floor and your bottom in the air can put lots of pressure through your hips and your shoulders you can try seeing if your child can animal walk from their bedroom to the bathroom for example Online exercise videos are a big thing at the moment. Try doing one or two short videos with your family every day. Other ideas include putting on some music, dancing around, finding a mat or something soft, doing handstands, roly-polies, rough and tumble. If you have a gym ball, try bouncing, rolling over or balancing on the ball. If you don't, creating an obstacle course where your children have to crawl under chairs, do jumping, push along something heavy a couple of times in a circuit can help them get more proprioceptive input. The more of these activities you can intentionally do with your child each day, the more likely it is to have a positive impact on their sleep. Finally, R is for relaxing. As we go off to sleep, we want our children to feel calm and regulated. We know that deep pressure touch is calming and can help our children feel more relaxed. Putting deep pressure touch into the bedtime routine towards the end of a routine, for example through a deep pressure massage, wrapping your child up firmly in a towel after their bath, using a weighted blanket, may help your child to calm down towards the end of the evening. There's some research to suggest that a moderate pressure massage each evening has a positive impact on sleep for children with autism and also for adults with insomnia. Taking deep breaths and having a calming piece of music which you play as, you as your child gets towards bedtime may also help with falling into a deeper sleep. If your child doesn't understand the concept of deep breaths, you can help support them with this by modelling it. If you're doing a massage or giving your child a big hug before bedtime, you can slowly and in a low voice count to 10. This can help them to breathe deeply and to start to feel more calm. So those are our three things for this week. Routine, running and relaxing. Hopefully these strategies will be really helpful for your child's sleep. Thank you for listening to the Growing Hope podcast. To find out more about Growing Hope or to sign up to our monthly newsletter, go to our website, growinghope.org.uk.